Thursday, April 18, 7 to 9 p.m. at Brooklyn Friends Meeting House, 110 Shermerhorn Street at Borum Place in downtown Brooklyn. The time now is 5 o'clock. It's time for Driving Forces on WBAI New York. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Driving Forces. This is a weekly show about politics and policy here on WBAI 99.5 FM New York. I'm Celeste Katz here every Thursday at 5 with Jeff Simmons. Jeff, how you doing today? Great to see you, Celeste. And we have a very, very special guest in the studio. I'm going to be tweeting some pictures of this, so get ready. Uh, who do we have with us today? What's this guy's name again? Remind me. New York City Council Member Rafael Espinal. Well, Councilman, it is a pleasure to have you here in the studio. Pleasure is mine. Thanks for having me. So uh, what do you think? What do you think of our uh, gorgeous digs here? Do you think we need to uh, raise a couple more bucks to uh, <laughs> to fix this joint up? Or I what? mean, the chair could be a little more comfortable, but I feel good. It's cozy. You know? It's tight. <laughs> and, and in fact, the timing's right. And I'm glad Celeste asked that because, you know, we've been talking about this a lot in the radio over the last few days. We have just launched, and James, our engineer, knows this, the More Than Mike's campaign because we're building a new master control studio, which we will show you, Council man on the way out because it's looking beautiful we'll have you back here it's much more spacious uh your body man is also sitting here going i would love a more spacious uh, <laughs> space so we're asking our listeners to please donate you can help us out we need ten thousand dollars in equipment before it can be completed and last week uh right as we were starting the show we had uh, uh borough president eric adams on and he made a contribution and i'm sure you can too $50 each. That's all we're asking. You've got to go online to give to WBAI.org and click on the More Than Mike's uh, uh, image or by or you can call 516-620-3602. Absolutely. And you can also even donate right from your smartphone. All you have to do is text the letters WBAI to 41444. That's text WBAI to 41444. So when we invited the uh, councilman in here, uh, we, of course, you know, planned well ahead. We decided to make it a day when there was nothing happening out of Washington. And, you know, as, very, very slow. And Celeste, I have to admit, I was incredibly busy today. So I've only been following a few of the tweets. So. You know, the councilman is going to take calls about, today. Tweets about what? Uh, about, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> about the Mueller report, about what William Barr did. But, you know, I'm a little misinformed. So mm. I'm going to basically be combing the web as we're uh, taking calls today. By the way, throughout the uh, show, we want our listeners to know the councilman's going to take your calls on a variety of issues that we're going to bring up. 212-209-2877. But first, Celeste, your impression, uh, because, you know, we also do want to hear from our listeners about what they thought about what took place in Washington today. Well, I think that is, as as it often is, a sort of a, a matter of who you ask. If you ask the president, he says, of course, look, once again, not that I did anything wrong, because, of course, I would never do that. But as it turns out, this report completely exonerates me. There was no collusion. There was no obstruction of justice. There was nothing. I'm a very good guy. And by the way, according to my text messages, since I sign up for all the text messages from all the campaigns, why don't you throw me a couple of bucks for my reelection fund? 
Now, if you ask somebody like, say, uh, Congressman Jerry Nadler, who is certainly involved in this through the House Judiciary Committee, uh, Congressman uh, Nadler, of course, Democrat of New York, uh, he's not quite convinced that this is over. And he basically says that the report is actually something of a blueprint to say, look, Congress, uh, we've taken this about as far as we can take it in terms of the special counsel, but you guys can go on ahead and look further into this if you want to. And in fact, Nadler had already called for special counsel Robert Mueller to testify in front of uh, in front of the committee. Right. So we're just uh, right now. I think the big question is, what are we going to get first? Mueller testifying in front of the committee or copies of the president's tax returns? I don't know. <laughs> Councilman, what do you think? Uh, which 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 one should we go for first? Or do you want to just do them all on the same day? I would love to see them all on the same day. But we, we know it's not going to happen. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the hearing and, and kind of really digging into the report. Yeah, I know. And once again, I, I think it is fair to say uh, that this is a 400-something page report. And there, there have been a lot of caveats from a lot of people to a lot of people about let's not summarize this thing or make judgments before everyone's had a chance to really look at it, which is, I think, fair. It's hard to hold back sometimes. But we are getting, with every minute, you know, hundreds and hundreds of reporters and lawmakers and so on reading through this thing. So, of course, this is just the first, the first few hours, literally, of the release of the and, report. And, and you mentioned the tax returns. On Saturday's show, I uh, interviewed Senator Brad Hoyleman, who has... Uh, a type of a workaround on that to be able to see if the state returns uh, can, uh, if legislation is passed and the governor seems to be indicating that uh, this is something he is supportive of, uh, that that is a way to be able to uh, get some of those documents out there early enough. So we kind of jumped into this. We want to remind our listeners that our call in line is 212-209-2877, but we really haven't properly introduced the council member and a little about his background and uh, some of his initiatives. So I figured we should start a little, uh, start off a little that way. Can you just uh, give our listeners who aren't uh, familiar with you, as our previous engineer uh, uh, Reggie was, because he got excited to see you in the studio, tell our listeners a little about your record. Sure. So I was born and raised in Brooklyn, lived there my entire life. I represent uh, Bushwick, East New York, in Brownsville. Uh, I've been in the city council since 2013. Uh, and I'm most notably known for uh, being the member who repealed the No Dancing Cabaret Law, uh, for creating the Office of Nightlife to help uh, foster New York City's nightlife. And most recently, uh, I've been carrying the bills to uh, ban plastic straws and other uh, you know, green initiatives like requiring green roofs across the city. And uh, you were also uh, state assembly for how many years? For two years in the state assembly. At the age of 26, 27, I was elected. Youngest member? At the time, I was. Yes, I was. Uh, I remember Chuck Schumer giving me a call and saying, oh, you must be one of the top 10 youngest members, because uh, I think he got elected at 21, 22 as well. Um, Probably wanted to make sure he knew that you were the youngest. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I was also recently a candidate for public advocate. I was one of the 17 or 30 people who were running in that race. Uh, uh, congratulations to Jamani Williams, who is going to make a great public I advocate. I guess, what were some of the lessons you learned from that race? From that race, I think it was interesting, um, one, uh, to see how little New Yorkers knew about the actual position, right? Uh, voter turnout was really low. No one knew what the job uh, really was. They knew who Letitia James wa was, but they didn't know what her title was uh, and what the role of the office really was. And I think it was a, a great learning experience, I think, for New Yorkers, but also for us as a campaign of how do we – um, you know, let New Yorkers understand the importance of the roles of local government and how this position is actually really here to be their voice uh, in the process in City Hall. Yeah, and my colleague, Anat Gerstein, where I work, you know, her, she used to work for Betsy Gottbaum. So she'd give me a full education on
on this position and all the intricacies in all the things that you can do that you can accomplish with that position. Uh, you know, I, my feeling is that given the legislation that you've been involved with, these were some of the issues you would have tackled as well as public advocate and sustainability. Uh, addressing issues about the environment seems to be core uh, to your work. Can you talk a little about those initiatives? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that, you know, it's no secret that the conversation around climate change has really become, uh, you know, has gotten to the forefront of of the conversation in Congress, uh, in the media, at home. And I thought it was important uh, to have a public advocate who was actually going to highlight uh, how New York City could be a greener city uh, and not only talk about how do we tackle climate change by being greener, but also make New York City a more livable city. Congestion is a huge issue. Uh, mass transit's falling apart. Uh, we have community gardens that are being bulldozed and being built on. So it was really, I was really focusing on how do we make New York City livable by looking at it through a sustainable, sustainability standpoint. And oh, yeah, and you were and you were uh, even had a, a press conference as recently as today or a couple of days ago about I've seen some of your stuff on Instagram too talking about uh, recycling, about uh, saving the environment, about plastics mm -hmm. and so on. Maybe you know people have questions about that. I know this is kind of an issue. Uh, sometimes it's even a, a cause for debate because I have even friends of my own who say I say like I can't believe you're throwing that out. And they say ah, what well, you know it all just goes in the same <laughs> landfill. You know why are we wasting our time with this? So maybe we can talk about that. And if you want to call in and ask questions to uh, Councilman Espinal, 212-209-2877, Great. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's so, talk about it. So, uh, I mean, what is it What is it that you really think uh, would be sort of the first step here? What, what can we get done now for the, for the planet? You, you know, uh, the, the most immediate thing we can do uh, is follow the uh, European Union's lead around uh, getting rid of single-use plastics. Uh, you know, recently there was a, a ban on plastic bags that was passed in Albany. Uh, but there are a bunch of other single-use plastics like plastic straws, plastic cutlery, um, and a, a past plastic cups that we just use for a few seconds and toss and toss away, and, and it really stays into the planet for hundreds of years. Um, so the EU uh, has put a measure in place where they're going to phase out all single-use plastics. And New York City, being the largest city in the country, uh, we can we can pass legislation here uh, within the five boroughs that does exactly the same what the EU has done. And I think that would dramatically uh, reduce the amount of waste that we're producing and the amount of plastic pollution that's ending up in our waterways. And how's it, how much is this going to cost? Because that's always the next question. Yeah, I mean, there, there is no cost to, to banning single-use plastic. I think that the cost comes to businesses that are going to want to replace them uh, with, uh, for example, compostable plastics, uh, plant-based plastics that are created. And yes, they do cost more. But I think that the bigger conversation is uh, how do we move away from depending on single-use materials? Uh, do we, every time we go out for takeout or order takeout, do we need for a plastic fork and a spoon to be put into every single bag when we're eating at home or we're eating at a desk at work? We can keep a utensil in our desks, you know? When we, t when we talk about uh, plastic straws, how many times don't we go to the bar and we order a drink and they put automatically put a straw in your drink without you even asking for it? So if we were able to move away from th this giveaway culture and then just require, for example, uh, giving a, a utensil or a straw on demand to the consumer, we will be able to dramatically reduce uh, the amount of, of utensils that are given away and that will reduce costs for businesses as well. And actually, Jeff and I were talking about this 
a little before the program, but uh, a lot of famous people have really gotten in yeah. on this. Uh, as a matter of fact, the uh, the gentleman who plays Aquaman, yeah, I said it. I mean, come on. Okay, if you have seen Aquaman or uh, if you've seen Game of Thrones, people are talking about Game of Thrones. I understand it's a television program. <laughs> uh, we're, we're in radio, so I don't really pay too much attention to these things. But uh, Jason, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mispronounce his last name. Momoa. Momoa. Uh, has uh, shaven off his beard for the first time since 2012 to uh, attract attention to the fact that plastics, he says, are destroying our environment, destroying the planet, and he is advocating the use of replacing bottled water with water in aluminum cans, which are fully recyclable. So obviously, our big question here today on uh, Driving Forces, WBAI, is uh, Councilman Espinal, would you consider shaving off your beard to save the planet? Oh my God, so hard. I've had it for so many years. Well, you know what? <laughs> I mean, I'll Aquaman's think, had it since 2012. If that's why he did it, then I'll have to join Aquaman. Oh, okay. This is big breaking. Yes. All right, Jeff, talk. I'm typing. I'm typing. I, this. I feel like James is reaching into his bag for a razor. Right <laughs> oh my now. god! <laughs> this would be. This would be. <laughs> I hope the councilman's not reaching into his bag for a razor for me for getting him to say this on the air. Once again, our number for our listeners is 212-209-2877. So last week we mentioned we had uh, Eric Adams on the show. We talked a little about the wellness program. Yeah. Can you talk about that initiative? Yeah, so um, the, the borough president has been a, a great champion on New Yorkers uh, eating better and treating them, and treating their bodies uh, uh, better when it comes to what, 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 we, what we feed ourselves, but also mental health, um, you know, for example, meditation. And we've, we've actually been talking, myself and him, about how can we get meditation and wellness in the classrooms. You know, we have um, over a million students uh, who go to school, and we, com we continue to pump money into our education system, trying to figure out how do we uh, raise test scores. Uh, and I think that the, the bigger issue is how do we tackle the problems that children are, that children are bringing into the classroom? You know, how do we make sure that they're eating properly so they can focus better? How do we make sure that, that we give them a tool like meditation and mindfulness to be able to tune out uh, the stresses that they're dealing with at home? You know, we have a lot of children who live in homeless shelters, children who come from single-parent single, uh, single homes, uh, and, and they really can't uh, find a way to channel out that, that negative energy and be able to focus in the classroom. And we think that giving them these tools uh, will help in increasing their participation and increasing their test scores. It, it's this is you know mindfulness and meditation has been implemented in certain schools. You'll see more affluent schools have access to these programs. Uh, cities like Chicago and Baltimore uh, have done pilots and have seen an improvement in test scores from their students. Uh, so I think it's time for for New York City to you know move with the times and, and really implement this. You know it's interesting because I was an education reporter at the uh, Daily News, New York Post, and uh, New York One News, and one of the other issues that really affected learning for students was the the lack of air conditioning in a number of mm -hmm. schools as we get into the warmer weather. Mm -hmm. I know you're you're not on the education committee, correct? No, I'm not. Uh, but it is one that, you know, there are so many different components that you have to think of that affect, you know, teaching and learning beyond just, you know, the textbook in front or these days a computer or a laptop in front of them. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we can just, you know, dig into our own experiences when we go to work, you know. If we're eating uh, cheeseburgers, potato chips for breakfast, there's no way we're going to get through the rest of the day. And this is what this is what our kids are going you through. You know Celeste well. <laughs> <laughs> I have an unusually strong constitution, however. <laughs> 
so I believe we may have a call coming in. Oh, we do. Okay, great. And if you, again, if you need our number, give us a call here, 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877 to talk to us here at Driving Forces, our special guest in studio today, Councilman Rafael Espinal of Brooklyn and... Okay. Okay. Uh, nope. so, okay. We're going well, okay. to so keep going. That was a. Uh, that was. Wait. But wait. It looks like the board is in fact lighting up. I think that we may in fact have a call. Two one two, two zero nine two eight seven seven. Celeste Katz here as always with Jeff Simmons. So uh, we read that you're a pizza fanatic. Who is the best pizza in Brooklyn? Ooh, that's a tough question. There's so many. You're about to I break mean... some more news here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All the tough questions. Um, um, you know, Spumoni Gardens is great. Uh, Roberta's is a personal favorite of mine. They're newer to the scene. Uh, but uh, I think anywhere you go, you can order a slice, and it's, it's going to be great. Okay, well, this may be the question of the person we have on the line. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name? And where you're from? Go ahead, WBAI. You're on the air. Oh, hi. Thank you. This is Bob from Brooklyn. Hello, Councilman Espinal. Hey, Bob. Uh, yes. Uh, hi. Uh, I missed the first few minutes of the program, so forgive me if you covered this already. But a few weeks ago, Mayor De Blasio uh, rolled out a program uh, to cover universal health care for all residents of New York City, which should strictly be a city program. And he said six hundred thousand. New York City residents have no health care of any kind, and uh, that would include 300,000 undocumented immigrants. And uh, this is sorely needed, because I've been navigating the health care system in the independent uh, individual market myself. This is sorely needed, because I think the state plan is not going to, the governor is not going to sign it, the New York Health Care Act, and there will be a lot of legal challenges and a lot of issues and on a national level, the Republicans are going to block everything. So, uh, okay, wait, Bob. I don't hear it discussed. I'm just going to jump in here a little bit. What's what? Where's the question? Where's your question? So we can get the councilman to, to address. Well, him. yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't hear much conversation. Can the city council do something to move this along? Uh, because uh, the mayor just said it's be a, a, a temporary or a partial program, just starting this summer. But uh, I mean, it's really a, a dire situation. Can the council do something to get on board and move it along? I mean, I, I would say this. The city council is extremely committed uh, to uh, push Albany uh, to uh, implement Medic- Medicare for all. I think it's something that we, we fundamentally believe in. Uh, when, the, when the mayor announced that he uh, was looking to pump funding uh, to ensure that New Yorkers in, in the city uh, have access to health care, um, we, we as a council, I believe for the most part, we're very supportive. Uh, we, as you mentioned, it's going to be implemented this summer. It's important that we keep an eye on it, and our hope is that it does work for everyone. We want to make sure everyone's insured. And I think it's important for New Yorkers to understand that if people are, are, are insured, I think in the long run it, it, saves, it saves the city money, and, and we want to make sure everyone's healthy as well. Great. Thank you so much, Bob, for your question. We uh, we really appreciate it. And again, if you want to give us a call here, uh, Celeste and Jeff here with Councilman Raphael Espinal, 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. You're listening to Driving Forces here on WBAI. And I think, James, looks like we have another caller coming in. Is that right? I'm going to let you give it a try. Uh, WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Yeah, good afternoon. My name is Ed. I'm calling from South Jamaica, Queens. Okay. And, uh, yeah, how you doing? I had two questions for the councilman. Uh, number one, I- I'm with you on the ban of plastic straws, especially plastic bags, but 
primarily in the outer boroughs like Queens, uh, the Bronx, Staten Island, there's a, a definite limited number of trash receptacles and recyclable receptacles on the streets. You know, just today I was walking down the Jamaica Avenue, you see a bunch of plastic bags blowing in the breeze. You can collect them, but there's no place to actually throw them out. And uh, number two, since there is so so much uh, attention to recycling, uh, I know it's very expensive to, to reclaim some plastics. Does the city council have any plans on addressing that as far as how we can more more efficiently and cost-effectively uh, separate these plastics? Because all plastics can't be mixed together and cannot be recycled easily. And there, there's been some, like in California, mm-hmm. there's, there's been a lot of uh, talk about the cost of recycling mm-hmm. and separating of garbage and how much it's not cost effective. Okay, so, thanks. Uh, that's Sam. basically so my two questions. We're going we're gonna to have the councilman answer your question. Thank you very much for your call, councilman. Yeah, well, thanks for that question. I think you bring up good points. Uh, we do need more garbage cans. Uh, the reality is, is that, um, one, as, as a council member, we all have the authority during the budget process uh, to spend some of our discretionary dollars uh, to purchasing garbage cans. Uh, but the reality is these garbage cans, uh, for some reason, cost thousands of dollars just for one to be placed on one single corner. And so I think there's one, a, a, an issue when it comes to uh, where are we sourcing our garbage cans from and, and the cost of them in the long run. But I think it's also important for you to call your local city council member uh, to be able to work with you and identify uh, which are those areas that, that are lacking in uh, garbage cans. Two, with the recycling, you bring up another great point. Uh, China uh, is rejecting, for the most part, a lot of the plastic that they that they were uh, buying into uh, in the past several years. So what we're seeing is a lot of these plastics are ending up in landfills, which is why it's important that we use recycling, I believe, as like a last resort. Our, our first resort should be uh, to reuse or reduce what, what we're using. Uh, and if we're able to accomplish those two things, then we'll start seeing a decrease in, in, in our uses of plastic and costs. Yeah, and I noticed in a lot of communities, uh, the big belly uh, receptacles uh, have been installed, which you know gives you the option, so you know that you're p- putting your product in uh, a device that's going to have uh, 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 more sustainability. Right, right. Yeah, the big belly are, are, are very neat because they do have solar panels and they compress the garbage that's put in, so they are able to collect more trash, and it reduces the amount of times a garbage uh, sanitation truck has to go around and collect the garbage. So uh, the switchboard has been lighting up today. We've got another call on the line. Great. Welcome to WBAI. What's your name and where are you from? I'm Stephanie Maharis. I'm from Washington Heights. And I was calling because I am highly concerned about the food that is being served in the public schools. And I know that we were just talking about mindfulness, meditation, prayer. These are all wonderful things. But we have genetically modified foods being served to our children at a time when they need organic food in their life and healthy food sources. And I want to know what we can do to give contracts from the city to companies that serve organic food to our children. Glyphosate contaminant has just been proven in court to cause cancer. And our cancer rates are horrific in our youth. So I'd like to know what the council members can put forward. And also, one other thing I was thinking about, a stainless steel initiative for children in school to have their own stainless steel water bottles and water stations that have reverse osmosis or 
highly purified water for them to drink from, that could also reduce our plastic. These are simple initiatives that we could take to really benefit the health of our children in New York City. Our kids have horrific health grades. Right. Thank you very much for your question. Really appreciate it. Yeah, but what I will say is that I, just like you, I am a believer in, in all of those initiatives. Uh, actually, uh, the meditation and wellness in the classroom conversation came after the fact of that I've been working in my own district over the past few years in expanding the amount of healthy food options within our own schools. I've been working with great organizations uh, like there's an organization called Wellness in the Schools that actually originated out of Manhattan. And their job is to go in to school cafeterias and uh, teach the lunch staff and the principal on how to order healthy your uh, food options to, be, to bring in into 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 their schools. Uh, there's a, a great program called Scratch Cooking, where they're actually uh, cooking a lot of the food in schools from scratch. But at the end of the day, uh, the reason that I believe that there's been a hesitation uh, is for two reasons. One. Uh, it, it's, the, it's the cost of these programs, and which is why I'm, I'm actually calling in this year's budget for $50 million uh, from, from, the, from, the, from the administration to be pumped into the DOE so we can have wellness coordinators in every single school whose sole mission is going to be uh, looking at how the school can, can do better at ordering uh, more healthier school meals and instituting uh, better programming for our students. So I think that we need to uh, continue uh, pushing the conversation. We need the will of the DOE to be on board, but we also need the mayor to put the funding in this year's budget so we can get these great initiatives in there. I want to remind our listeners, uh, we this is Driving Forces with Celeste Katz and Jeff Simmons and our special in-studio guest, New York City Councilman Rafael Espinal. The number to call to ask questions of the council member is 212-209-2877. Absolutely. And it was interesting that uh, that last caller was just, I believe, from Washington Heights. And we're getting reports now that there was a police related shooting up in Washington Heights, uh, right around 187th and Wadsworth Avenue. Uh, from what we understand, there was uh, one uh, suspect was uh shot the other in custody at least uh, uh nypd officers shot as well uh believed to be in stable condition right now uh being cared for at the hospital so if you do have any questions about public safety uh you know we would be interested in, in talking about those as well we do have here for you of course as we mentioned earlier uh councilman rafael espinal uh who ran for public advocate and did have a number of things to say about public safety and police community relations during that campaign so again our number 212-209-2877 and we have a caller wbai you're on the air what's your name and where are you from my name is Laura. I'm from Queens. Hey, Laura. Um, I, uh, I'm a meditation, a mindfulness meditation teacher, and I'd like to volunteer my services. Is there any way I could um, get the contact information or is that something that's needed or wanted? Please, or? Yeah, please shoot me an email at rlespinal at council.nyc. GOV, and that's rlespinal at council.nyc.gov. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we I have been working with the Borough President's Office and the Department of Education uh, to start a pilot program in Brooklyn and hopefully expand it citywide if we're able to make it work. So uh, I'll, I'll try to put you in touch with the right people. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call. And again, one more time, 212-209-2877 uh, is the number to call. Celeste Katz and Jeff Simmons here with Councilman Rafael Espinal. And I believe we have another call. Great. Hi, welcome to WBAI. What's your name and where are you from? Uh, this is Saul calling from Queens. We've got a lot of Queens uh, callers today. Welcome. Yeah, 
I got I got two serious questions for you, and share it with your city council members. <clears throat> uh, when De Blasio came in, he was supposed to. He basically went and said that he didn't want any more petty arrests being made, like fair beating and everything else. But uh, you've had some hearings with the person that's who I call the English patient who's running the uh, MTA. And uh, he's done a runaround in reference to that policy and the executive order because he wants a, a cop on every bus, and he claims that fair beating is caused the deficit. But when the actual fair beating, I mean the actual deficit, can be traced back to the Atlantic Yards deal that the MTA did, where they basically supported Ratner and took the uh, lower bid and been losing money ever since. Okay, so, so your question for the councilman is? In reference to the same thing. Uh, with the, uh, the Metro card works. So why are you guys allowing them to force upon us this fair thing where they're going to use bank cards? So you're privatizing and going to throw people out of their jobs at, at transit that would be counting the fares and so on. And each time a poor person uses that card, there are bank fees connected to those transactions. And you're talking uh, about the, the metro card. You're talking about the uh, the Omni card, right? The Omni system. Right. I mean, you, okay. you got to realize it's some bank. And, you know, we had Occupy Wall Street. We're not supposed to be pro-bank here. I mean, everybody's being quiet and going along with this. I mean, please stop drinking that Kool-Aid. Okay, thank you very much, and we'll have, a, we'll have the councilman answer your question. So the, the Omnicard, just for people who may not know about the Omni system that the MTA is, uh, is putting into place, maybe talk a little bit about that, and then we can get to the question. Well, yeah, the Omnicard it seems to be a, a seamless way for us to be able to get into the subway, which you'll load with your bank information, and kind of like an easy pass that it's uh, refilled, and you can just continue, seamlessly get, in, get into the subways and, or, or the buses. Uh, but, you know, the gentleman brought up a, a point uh, when it comes to security and it comes to information. Uh, it's something I have to uh, dig deeper on. Again, the MTA, is it's a private authority. The city doesn't really have much jurisdiction over those programs. So, uh, you know, I'm looking uh, you know, forward to reading more about it. Okay, great. So uh, I've been waiting to ask this line of questioning. Da-da-da. <laughs> um, you are the first city council member to endorse Bernie Sanders the last was, time around. Yeah. What's in going through your mind right now? Because I think our <laughs> listeners want to know where you might stand on this presidential race. Um, honestly, there's so many candidates. Uh, I, I was a huge Bernie fan in 2016. I, I, I was a surrogate for him in the city. I was the first one. Uh, but this time around, I think that, you know, one, I, I'm still a fan. Uh, but I think there are other candidates that, that have that have that seem to be a little you know interesting and, and worthy looking at. Uh, we talk about Mayor Pete. Um, you know, Beto from Texas, uh, I think, ran an inspiring campaign when he ran for Senate. Uh, so there, there are folks that kind of draw my attention, and I don't want to put my chips all in one basket just yet. Did you go to the recent rally here? Yeah, I was right at Bro- know, Brooklyn College, were. right? Yeah. No, yeah. I, well, I was here in the studio, but we oh, had— that's right. We, yeah. <laughs> right. I didn't, I didn't make it to the rally, but I, I was watching. I was live streaming, and I was watching. So he's yeah, so Bernie Sanders raising a couple of bucks now. The president, of course, is is raising it at a pretty good clip, but that would be expected for an incumbent. Uh, what do you, what do you think about just the sort of the the money game being in politics? You know about fundraising. Yeah, of course, and I think Bernie continues with his tradition of showing that he's going to run a people powered campaign. That's what's really what's uh, really inspired me the first time around, and continues to inspire me um, uh, to want to support him as a candidate. And I think that you know it's 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 becoming. Um, 
more apparent that, of course, Bernie's going to be a front runner, and he has a very good shot at winning the primary. Uh, he has a very good shot, I think, at beating Trump. And I think if you tell me, if, you to, if the question was, who do you think can beat Trump at, in the general, I would say Bernie Sanders has that opportunity. Can Bill de Blasio beat Donald Trump? <laughs> I think Bernie's, <laughs> I think Bill de Blasio has to be Bernie Sanders first, and I think Bernie Sanders <laughs> has a very good shot at winning. So this is now going to mean voting for a millionaire. Remember out there, folks, this is the man who uh, who railed against uh, millionaires, and should I do the voice? No, millionaires and billionaires. But... Um, he is uh, he is now a, a front running candidate for president. What do you think? Two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven WBAI. You're on the air. What's your name and where Hi. are you from? Hi, this is Ken from Queens. Ken from Queens. What's up? What's your question for Councilman My Espinal? Question is, how about getting the fluoride out of the water? Okay. How about Google, it? You can Google Harvard study water fluoridation and see that the IQs of the children are down five percent. Due to water fluoridation. Okay, thank you very much. So, uh, fluoride in the water. Are we for that or against that here? I need to look at more science. Okay, let's let's look at more science. In the meantime, we'll take another call. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where you're from? My name is Rose. I am a taxi driver. Okay. I'm listening to the program. And I got two questions. I don't know how you think about it. Okay. Because a problem has been created by the, by, by the city. Closing the street, no turn everywhere. You can't. You have to go six, seven blocks to get to the east side. That's a nightmare. So you're talking about changing, changing the traffic patterns and, and closing the bike lanes and things like that. Yes. And, okay. Yes, that creates the problem. Mm -hmm. And the police, when they are something, they don't let you turn. They don't let you go. That's a nightmare. You have been created. And second thing, if you want to solve the plastic problem. There's only one solution. Do not make plastic. Okay. Make plastic, make people give five cents. You take give money for the poor and give to the rich. Okay, thank you very much for your call, Rose. We appreciate that, and oh, that's that's oh. kind of a that's kind of a good point there. I mean, you know, it's, it reminds me of that that old story about the doc. You sell the doctor, you know, doctor. It hurts when I move my head this way. And he says, "Don't move your head that way." <laughs> so, you know, maybe not making plastics is the answer to not having a problem with plastics. Councilman, what I, do you think? I, I think it's it's a it's it's a suggestion that if I was the one in charge of deciding whether or not we're going to contract the plastics, I, I I would agree with the caller. Okay, and the other question was actually a kind of a, an interesting question. I'd be curious to hear yeah. what you say about that I about mean, the, uh, the traffic pattern. Congestion is a huge issue. You know, all, all over the city, we have more and more cars on the road, and the city council uh, recently took a measure on capping the amount of uh, for hire vehicles who are on our streets because of that fact. Um, and we also uh, the state just recently passed congestion pricing because we want to reduce the amount of cars going into. And your view on that? And, uh, I was supportive. Uh, I, I think that it's one. It's a great way to improve air quality but also reduce the amount of congestion across the board. Um, but, you know, I'm also very sensitive to, you know, what that would mean for out-of-borough out drivers. Uh, but I think we have to start thinking about how do we uh, make bigger investments to mass transit and make it easier for us to access mass transit so that we can see uh, that, that mode of transportation as a viable one. And uh, just a reminder, you're listening to WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, and streaming live at WBAI.org. Jeff Simmons and Celeste Katz here uh, every Thursday at 5. This is Driving Forces. And we're here today with Councilman Rafael Espinal. A little earlier, we talked about you being a driving force. Uh, see how I worked that in, <laughs> that, that, that was cute. Uh, a driving force behind the repeal of the city's cabaret law. How is that going? 
Um, it's it's going great actually. The cabaret law for those for the listeners don't, who don't know the history of it, it's a law that was uh, actually in the books for almost a hundred years. Uh, it was uh, first used to crack down on on bars and clubs that were selling alcohol during prohibition. But it stayed in the books, and mayors like Giuliani used it as a weapon uh, to close down establishments that they that the city felt were a nuisance to. Uh, the city and and what we saw through that through through the numbers was that these these establishments were usually establishments uh, patroned by marginalized communities communities of color black and brown artists and there was a really real there was a real social justice aspect to it uh, but also there was an economic aspect to it how to and also a cultural aspect to it uh, one we were closing a lot of these great establishments that attracted a lot of tourists into our cities and artists who want to move here to showcase their art and have a good time uh, two uh, nightlife is responsible for over 10 billion dollars in revenue for a city of New York uh, and three over 300,000 jobs and we weren't really taking that into account so removing this law kind of uh, puts us back in the map as being a nightlife city and being a city that never sleeps and supporting uh, the economy, the culture, uh, and also getting rid of uh, a law that has such a negative uh, history. So you are the chair of the Consumer, Consumer Affairs. Affairs. What are some of the other issues that you expect the, you know, or are we too late in the session right now, but what are some of the other issues you expect the uh, committee uh, to take on? The big issue that I think that New Yorkers should keep their eye on is the conversation around uh, removing the cap for uh, vendors. Um, this, it's a huge topic. Uh, we have vendors on our streets, and there are many vendors who are buying into the black market in order to be able to vend. There are a lot of vendors who don't even have access to a license. So uh, there's conversation around removing the cap to increase the amount of vendors that can legally vend in the city of New York. But the concern is, uh, one, will this con uh, create congestion in our streets? Will this hurt small businesses? Uh, but you know, there are two opposing sides. Uh, my job is to listen to both sides. And, but I think at the end of the day, uh, we do need to create a path for um, the vendor to be able to legally vend in the city of New York, but we have to make sure it's not hurting our small business. And if you want to call in about that, again, just a friendly reminder, our number here, 212-209-2877, We have a uh, very special opportunity today for you to ask questions directly to City Councilman Rafael Espinel. Yeah, and Celeste wasn't sure, you know, if we could have you in studio because we're both dog people, by the way. <laughs> oh, now yeah. we're going to start this? Okay, let's go. You know, let's I, go. I was never a cat person until I met the cat. <laughs> that, that, that's Betty, who's 10 yes. or 11 years old now. Yes, exactly. Okay, I so if you want to yeah, call in on that, 212-209-2877. See, the things lighten up already. I know what I'm doing here. Go ahead. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you from? Yes, hi, my name's Kathy. I'm from Long Island. Oh, hey, Kathy, and what's up? Hi, hi. I hope my issue matters, even though I'm, I'm not a, a voter in New York City. Um, it was really wonderful to hear the, all the talk about the plastics and start taking it seriously. Uh, one pollution that I haven't heard discussed is the electromagnetic pollution. And New York City is just rolling out more and more of it. And we've got Wi-Fi in the subways. And... I know you want to have more mass transit, but you've created a, a dangerous situation for a lot of people okay. uh, with the mass transit situation. And I just want to know if anybody's talking about this or, or considering that we have smart meters, 3G, 4G, 5G mm -hmm. densification, mm -hmm. and people are getting sick. Okay, and I Kathy. just wonder 
if this this pollution issue is important to anyone. Thank you for your question. Really appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, there are all, all different kinds of pollutions. That's a, I don't think we've gotten uh, that question before on here. Is this is this something that we've uh, the city council ever looked into this? Um, I, um, I can think back to a time where there was a conversation in the in the, in the housing buildings committee uh, many years ago about cell towers being placed right. in front of people's windows right. uh, and and the, the issues they might create. Uh, but for the broader conversation, I think we have to look at more science. I don't think that yeah, and I don't know if that was directly related to. I think there's a difference between like cell towers or uh, you know high tension power lines and Wi-Fi in the subway. I. But I could be wrong. I'm not Max Planck over here. I don't know everything I'm with, about I'm with the councilman. I need to know more science oh, on okay. this. Well, maybe the next caller has the answer. What do you think? WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where you're from? Hi, my name is Lynn, and I'm from New Jersey. Okay. Um, my question is related to Rockaway Beach. It was a really nice job on the boardwalk and the bike path. And this parking is an issue. And there's one side that there's some lines drawn on the ground, but no one is allowed to park there. Are those supposed to be parking spots or not? And when you ask the policemen that are in the area, they have no idea. And that's just people ticketing. Okay, thank you very much for your question, and uh, I don't know if this is, I don't think that includes your district. It, it but. doesn't, uh, but I, I do understand your frustration. I go out to the Rockaways as well. It's t- tough to find parking, uh, but I, I suggest for you to reach out to the council member there, Donovan Richards, who have a better understanding about the local uh, politics in the community. I thought we were about to start going towards parking placard abuse because you know how I feel about that. Slide. I know you have feelings about that. You have you have what did the kids say? You know you you got all all the all the feels right. Yeah, three one one knows me well. <laughs> I bet, well, here's another number for you. Okay, how is this for a really weak segue? Two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. Two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. Come on, I mean, how often is it that you just get to literally call up directly on the phone and ask a city councilman any question you want within reason, within reason? But people have varying ideas of reason. But um, so. Uh, we talked about public advocates race. Yeah, I think uh, you probably were one of the candidates who then came out and said that you were not going to run again in, uh, is it June? In June. In right. June. You know, I know. I'm looking way in the future. What's next for you after after your council term? Do you want to be the night mayor for <laughs> I mean, I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm actually going away for the holiday this weekend and, and for some of next week. And Going to give this question some thought, but I, I do enjoy legislating, and I think that uh, you know it's a unique opportunity to be able to shape the direction in our city. As a New Yorker, I'm concerned every single day uh, about the fact that the city is becoming a lot less livable for a lot of New Yorkers. Uh, when we talk about the culture and nightlife, when we talk about congestion, when we talk about uh, schools not having the, the best resources, uh, these are things that I, I, I really think about on a deeper level, and I want to make sure that future generations can continue seeing New York as being uh, one of the best cities in the world. And Borough President of Brooklyn might be one of the things you think about. Uh, as, a, as a young boy, if you'd have told me I would have been President of Brooklyn, I would have been excited to hear that. So uh, it's something I am considering. I am one of, the, one of the folks that people talk about for running for that seat. Who would you model yourself after? Would it be a Marty Markowitz cheerleader? I knew, I knew there was going to be a Marty Markowitz thing in here somewhere. <laughs> I think Marty Marquez did a great job at, at putting the borough on the map. And That's why we're still something talking I was, about it. Exactly. That's why I, I got mean, like 5,000 Brooklyn pins. I mean, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere I go and I bring up the word borough president, people continue to ask whether he's still the borough president. Uh, and then Eric Adams is, does a great job at, at being uh, focused on policy and, and working uh, really, uh, you know, you know, 
really hard on on ish, on quality of life issues for all New Yorkers. So there's a real I think there's a great balance to be able to strike between the two of them. You know, how do we uh, be great cheerleaders, but also do sub substantial work to you know support the lives of New Yorkers? Absolutely. So once again, I think we have some more calls coming in. All of a sudden, wow, two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. WBAI, you're on the air. Maybe it is Marty Markowitz. What's your name and where are you from? Is it Marty and are you from Brooklyn? I guess that wasn't as funny as I thought. All right, we'll try another one. WBAI, you're on the air. What is your name and where are you from? New York, um, the Bronx. Okay, the Bronx. I like it. What's your question for uh, Councilman Espinoff? Okay, I'm just tuning in, so I'm not sure if my question is on point or not. But I wanted to know if you could comment on noise pollution. I believe 311 gets a lot of phone calls around noise. Um, it's an issue from construction in the area to noisy neighbors. And what can be done about that? Yeah, that's a valid point. And I think we all as New Yorkers uh, deal with this issue. Uh, and I think that... Um, you know, we have to really give it some uh, deep thought of how do we how do we tackle it. Uh, you know, there was a lot of conversation around using the police uh, to go after uh, neighbors who were probably playing music too loudly, and there was some concern about how we're infringing people's rights. Uh, but I, I do believe that we, we have to come up with a comprehensive plan to deal with noise pollution. Uh, we, we all deserve a good night's sleep. We all deserve uh, to be able to live in, in, our, in our homes in comfort. So I, 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 something I think about all the time, and I'll continue you're thinking about and figure out how the city could do a better job at it. Yeah, we're in that season right now. I've already yes. seen it across the street from me at Travers Park where we have the Mr. Softy out there idling with the Oh my God. <laughs> we did so many stories about the jingle, about the people driving, the, the trucks driving by with the jingle. I'm not going to do the jingle because I might I might give myself I, some. I love the jingle though. Wait, well, know. okay. They, okay I'm, well, I'm a jingle you. lover. You want to do know? the jingle? I love, <laughs> no, but I love the jingle. So the <laughs> other thing James okay. just flagged for me, which oh. is a good question yes. because I think about it my neighborhood too should there be specific rules for limiting the length of car alarms yes zero because zero they, rules or zero car wow. zero car alarms. That's, that's a good okay when was the last time you heard a car alarm seriously okay you're you're a you're an officer you're an elected official of this yeah. city you know i'm just a regular person jeff's just i don't know jeff's just a, a you know handsome and talented radio host but okay so you hear a car alarm going off so i'm gonna like you know rip off this sweater and i have a cape under it and i'm gonna stop the guy from stealing a car probably something like a bird just bumped into it I don't know. What do you think? I mean, there, there aren't that many cars that have those alarms, but there are cars that do have the alarms, and I, maybe it's not necessary anymore, right? This is big. I mean, this isn't this isn't New York in the 80s, right? We're, we're, no. Cars aren't being stolen every single day at the, at the rate that they used to be, I, I don't think. Um, so why not uh, pass legislation or introduce legislation to do away with car alarms? And this is kind of big. And we've got another caller <laughs> on the news line. news left and right. <laughs> Welcome to WBAI. What's your name and where are you from? I'm, I'm Manny Manhattan, and I drive a truck. Uh, I just want to bring up this topic of and my windshield on the right side. Uh, there's an MVT, NYC MVT tax sticker. I have to pay for that stamp to come into Manhattan and park. Once I get the parking space, i got to spend $6 for one hour at a meter. Now we're going to have to pay an additional $25 to go to that meter parking, yeah, when is this taxation going to stop? That is an excellent, excellent question. Councilman, do you have the answers? When is that taxation? Aye, aye, aye. I, I, I don't have the answers. Again, this is uh, Albany, um, you know, 
controls a lot of uh, what happened with congestion pricing and the rules behind mm -hmm. it. Um, the city has very little uh, authority uh, to talk about these ta these certain taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, I have to agree with the fact that it's, it's becoming a lot more expensive to do business here in our city. And we have to look at ways where we start uh, doing away with some of these uh, onerous you know, taxes, especially uh, on our commerce. Absolutely. I think we have, we have callers still. Welcome to WBAI. What's your name and where are you from? Hi, good evening. My name is Sarah. I'm calling from New Jersey, Central Jersey. Uh, my question to the councilman is regarding food security and in a densely populated area. Um, it is a question uh, in today's world, and I wonder if, you're, if it's on your radar as far as uh, supporting, incentivizing local food production, which can take place in many ways. I won't try to number those now, but I'll um, let's put that out there. Thank you. Yeah, so I, I personally represent uh, East New York and Brownsville, uh, neighborhoods that historically have been uh, food insecure. So uh, food has been one of my, my, one of my uh, big issues that, I, that I've been focusing on talking about. Uh, for example, just recently uh, I passed a, a law that created a website on do DonateNYC.org. Uh, org where uh, folks who, for example, businesses like restaurants and uh, and uh, supermarkets can post any any food that potentially is going to go to waste online and allow for uh, local food pantries to be able to collect them and get them to the hands of of, of needy New Yorkers. Uh, two, I'm a big supporter of of urban farms and the, the whole urban farm industry that that's been growing uh, in our city and and I pass legislation. Uh, that would require that require the city of New York to post all the resources available uh, on on its nyc.gov website, so that these businesses can grow and the urban farms in our local communities also uh, have the resources they need to sustain themselves. And my idea is that if we're able to uh, have more local urban farming and food production, that we'll be able to fill the gaps in communities that that that, ha that need access uh, to to food. Thank you very much for calling WBAI. The number here is 212-209-2877. Welcome to WBAI. What's your name and where are you from? My name is Augustus Patterson. Welcome. What's your question? I just called because I was listening to the program, and I think the lady was calling in and speaking about the food in school, but we speaking. I want to speak about the food that we buy in, in the Korean store. You know, you need more inspector because the food is no good. What you're eating, soon as you buy it, it's black. When you peel it, it's so much of different things inside of it, and what the chemical, what they put in and dip in it before they send it to this country, this is what causing cancer. When I speak to my doctor, my doctor says the things that we're eating, like the food, the chicken, and everything, and there is no inspector around. Thank you very much for calling WBAI. So uh, we are on with New York City Council Member Rafael Espinal. We've got only about uh, five or so minutes left. If, we, uh, if you'd like to give us a call, we'll keep, keep your questions brief. That number is 212-209-2877. Yeah, absolutely. So WBAI, I think we have a caller. James, we have? WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you from? Hi. Hello? Hi. What's your name and where are you from? This is WBAI. Hi, my name is Catherine. I'm actually from Rockland County, New York. Um, I have a question uh, about, um, as a social worker, mm -hmm. um, understanding gentrification and just have a question um, for the councilman about how 
um, if there's anything being done for developers to, you know, instead of putting money toward, you know, housing that's pushing people out of their homes and um, their places of living, if there is anything being done policy-wise to maybe put that money toward something that the community sees they need instead of pushing them out of their communities. Yeah, well, here in New York City, a few years ago, we passed a policy called MIH, Mandatory Inclusionary Housing. And what that means is that any any lot that gets rezoned to build housing, uh, a, a certain percentage automatically has to be dedicated to affordable housing. And the hopes is that, you know, anytime a developer decides to develop, that we're going to guarantee affordable housing for the local community. Uh, and, and second, uh, there has been an increase in subsidies uh, so that the developers uh, would find it more attractive to build 100% affordable housing using tax dollars so we can build affordable housing that's affordable to people who live in those communities. But I think we now have to turn our eye to all uh, rent regs are, are expiring in June, which means that our state legislators are going to have to uh, pass a new series of reforms. And it's a really, really real opportunity for us to tighten uh, uh, rent regulations so that it could be harder for people to be, be evicted from their homes. Uh, there's a conversation around universal rent control, uh, making sure that every apartment in New York City and the state can be rent regulated. Uh, and those are the, the, the hot button issues we should be paying attention to. And, and I think it's important for you uh, as a New Yorker to to, uh, reach out to your local state senator and state assembly person and ask them to um, push forward uh, re stronger rent protections. All right, sounds good. I think that we have, uh, do we have anybody? We do. We have one more call. I think we have time for one more call, too. Uh, WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where you're from? Hi, my name's Peter. I'm calling from New Jersey. And I'm just calling to, because uh, I've been wondering, I'm blind and uh, all my... The curbs got labeled as architectural barriers by the wheelchair people, but to blind people, curbs are vital warnings. So I'm basically stranded in my house because I got hit by a car two years ago. There's no way to know I'm walking into the street. How come it didn't occur to you sighted people how hazardous it would be to eliminate the curbs? How come it didn't occur to you? It's well, so obvious, isn't it? I'm sorry. I'm I need sorry the to, curb to know what the street is there. I'm sorry to hear uh, about what happened to you two years ago, uh, but this is actually news to me. Um, I, you know, I haven't seen any curbless. Um, well, I think well, there's, the city, there should be curb cuts, right? Yeah, curb for, cuts, correct. For, uh, for, for wheelchair wheelchairs access. and for, right, but, right. Um, but it, yeah, is this something definitely worth looking into, uh, making sure that you know New York City is accessible to all New Yorkers? Yeah, I don't know. Would that be a well? He said it, it, it was an architectural issue. I don't know if that would be like HPD. It sounds like it'd be DLT. more like a DOT, DOT issue, right? So uh, yeah, that actually that might be something for us to to look into. I think that's uh, that's not something that I have uh, to be honest with. You, that's not something I have had to think about. So we've got just a few minutes left. I do want to remind our, our, our listeners before we wrap up, but we'll you know, come back to Councilman in just one second, that we are in the middle of the More Than Mike's campaign to uh, uh, solicit donations from you. You could help us out to build this wonderful new studio space right down the hall from us, improve the quality of the sound, and be able to have musical groups in there well, because it's a bigger need space. It. We need so James, okay, seriously, just a minute ago, James, our engineer, was who is running the board here and taking your calls and making all this magic happen, tried to move his boom microphone. Okay, seriously, go ahead, James. Let's hear what your boom microphone sounds like when you move it. <laughs> sounds yeah, like I'm, my door at home. Okay, we okay. We're not we're not making that up. That is the that is the 
age of okay god all right now i'm, ha- now I'm having an episode can i stop now yes please <laughs> I, I beg of you uh and uh, so th- th- this is not a joke you guys this is actually equipment that we have in this studio now we are building out a really nice new studio but uh that is some of this stuff uh some of the stuff in this in the studio is older than i am that is that is going a ways that is going a, a real far ways so please do help us out and the way to help out is to go online to give to that's the number two wbai.org and click on more than mics or just call 516-620-3602 so councilman we're about to wrap up in a few moments i'm making uh, a donation this is actually uh, fairly easy to oh wait do. this is big this, this is, big. is wait, very on a very second. easy to do a, well, it took me do. a while this weekend but that's just me being technologically <laughs> inept Wait, I thought you were you're already a WBAI buddy. I'm a BAI buddy, and I want I really can't wait for that studio down the hall. Maybe you can tell the nice people what a WBAI buddy is. I'm not trying to mansplain this to you or anything, Jeff. <laughs> but, you know, maybe you could tell the nice people what I that make, is. I make a contribution automatic every month to BAI because we're listener-supported, commercial-free radio. And we have been around for 60 years. Am I correct, uh, Celeste? That's you, just said a, about, you said about just, your age? Yeah, uh, you're, you know, you're cute. I'll, I'll see you after the show. So we've got about a minute left. We really want to thank uh, New York City Council member Rafael Espinal for being in studio today. It's something we have wanted to do to have elected officials here in the studio to take your calls. Absolutely. And Councilman, where can people find out about you and your work and uh, what you decide to do with politics when you come back from vacation? I just want to say it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Uh, you can find more information about me at rafaelespinal.nyc and my email is rafaelespinal.nyc at rafaelespinal.nyc and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rlespinal. I promise to keep you entertained. <laughs> so far, so good in this hour, anyway. Uh, is that uh, is that we'd like to thank you again, Councilman Rafael Espinal of Brooklyn, um, Celeste Katz, and Jeff Simmons here every Thursday at 5 with our engineer James and his creaky boom mic. Help us out. You're listening to WBAI New York 99.5 FM. Coming up next at 6 o'clock on WBAI, we have the WBAI Evening News with Paul DiRienzo. That'll be followed at 6.30 by Justice Matters with Bob Ganji. And then at 7, Joy of Resistance.
I'm Leonard Lopit, the host of Leonard Lopit at Large, broadcast weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. on WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming on the web at WBAI.org. There's no shortage of music for the holidays. Even Thanksgiving has Alice's Restaurant, but there's a lot of great Easter music as well, especially if you're talking about one of my favorite genres. Join me this Good Friday at 1 p.m. when I'll present a holiday special featuring classic Easter recordings from the golden age of black gospel music. That's this Good Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. on WBAI. Be sure not to miss it. I him I shall know him This is Dr. Mambo from the World of Jazz. Performing musicians are committed to lending their support to the return of musical instruments to our classrooms. Central Brooklyn Jazz Festival in its 20th year is the Forum. International Jazz Day is the day. Location for this event? Club Milk River, 960 Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. That's April 30th, 2019. Doors open at 6 p.m. This is an early evening event. This is Dr. Mambo from the World of Jazz.